Chapters 29 and 30 of The Measure of a Man, A Tale of the Big Woods by Norman Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 29 A Miracle at Pale Peter's. It blew high and ghastly cold on Wednesday. Pale Peter's Donald was within doors all that day. He was somewhat recovered now, it seemed, from the feverish state of his arrival from the Canthook cutting. The wind was in the northwest, wildly blowing and compassionless. It came swishing over the pines and raised a whirling dust of frosty snow in the clearing of Swamp's End. It rattled the windows of Pale Peter's place. It fairly took the ramshackle long building in both hands and by the throat and shook the teeth of it where it stood there was a hazy moon after the early night snow came presently a cloud of hard flakes pointed like a hundred needles they had a roaring fire in the bar the lamps were all trimmed too and turned high it was light and warm warm yellow light filled the big room and where the red curtains were drawn apart fell invitingly through the frosted windows into the storm the bar was crowded and uproarious a roistering fellowship colton's crew was in from the kettle camps paid off and spending pale peter said that no man must be turned out of doors that night not so much as a penniless man let em sleep where they fall said he in the generous way for which he was praised in the woods put em in the snake room full well if they get in the way haul em back from the bar anyhow said he nobody's going to be turned out of my place on a night like this off went pale peter not in the best of humour it seemed to his little office at the end of the bar there to read and smoke when john fairmeadow entered the office fresh from the trail he threw off his pack and greatcoat with the air of a man who had come a long road in haste and anxiety i'm tired said he come far jack the saloon-keeper asked no peter the parson sighed only from three forks i preached there after supper from where pale peter ejaculated three forks peter pale peter his brows fallen in a pitying frown stared at the ash of his cigar jack said he looking up reproachfully what did you do a fool thing like that for on a night like this i'm on the job peter on a night like this i'm on the job peter is billy the beast the man you're after jack the parson laughed a little billy the beast he sighed is the man he's coming out from the cant hook to-night nine o'clock he said i'm to meet him here he's going home to-night peter he's going home going home peter on the late east bound going home pale peter scoffed going home said the parson went pale peter his face all screwed with pain and pity in the parson's behalf don't you know any better than that jack he's going home john fairmeadow resolutely repeated donald came in hello boy fairmeadow greeted the lad lo jack said the boy no sign of him yet i've been watching he'll come all right donny went pale peter i'm tired out said the parson sighing again i'm all tired out he began to hum the lord's my shepherd i'll not want he makes me down to lie in pastures green he leadeth me the quiet waters by there was a clap of ugly laughter from the bar 
the horse doctor's in from bottle river eh fairmeadow commented charlie the infidel came running down the bar what's yarns gents they heard him say on the other side of the red curtain down came bottle and glasses fairmeadow softly hummed accompanied by a rush of the gale my soul he doth restore again and me to walk doth make within the paths of righteousness e'en for his own name's sake three men were mouthing ribaldry beyond the curtain donald moved away too much for you donny the parson inquired looking up the boy flushed decent little cuss pale peter muttered fondly his eyes glistening with affection peter the parson began angrily if you weren't go ahead jack if you weren't such a detestable beast fairmeadow exploded you might be but pshaw he broke off we've gone over all that before pale peter smiled the parson went to humming again yea though i walk in death's dark vale yet will i fear none ill for thou art with me and thy rod and staff me comfort still billy the beast pale peter muttered all damned foolishness and do now said fairmeadow small hope for the brute peter growled peter said fairmeadow presently i'm going to pray pale peter jumped out of his chair you won't mind will you fairmeadow apologized it won't do any harm pray pale peter gasped here there was the beginning of a brawl in the bar a blow had been struck i won't be a minute said fairmeadow what the outraged saloon-keeper ejaculated just a minute or two fairmeadow explained i can't very well go away peter he added and i want to ask god once more just once more to let billy the beast go home clean i think he'll do it peter i think he's going to do it this time billy the beast you see has been praying too there was a howl of execration from the bar the brawl was on in earnest the howl had followed the sound of a brutal blow charlie the infidel roared for order for god's sake jack pale peter implored don't do that thing here fairmeadow knelt get up you fool pale peter cried in a passion there was an outburst of laughter in the bar it was all mixed with wild oaths and cries for room jack fairmeadow prayed on his gentle face lifted he was much troubled in spirit it seemed don't jack pale peter pleaded don't do that here i can't stand it go outside and do it pale peter shook the oblivious parson by the shoulder the sounds from beyond the red curtain indicated that charlie the infidel had bounded over the bar and was striking out in the thick of the scruffle get up pale peter begged the bar roared in anger for fair play somebody'll see you you fool pale peter raged fairmeadow rose what did you want to do a thing like that for peter demanded what's the matter the dumbfounded fairmeadow replied matter pale peter scolded have you lost your sense of decency doing a thing like that here well, why not peter for shame it's a good place peter why not do it here and i feel better donald who had been peeking in upon the barroom of fray suddenly withdrew from the red curtain and whispered here's your man jack god help him said the parson pale peter made haste to the bar to put an end to the brawl 
pale peter's bar was then no mild and churchly place no tender refuge from the snowy night for a man in trouble of his soul it was filled with smoke and sweaty steam and with the hot nauseating breath of liquor it was foully hot the air all stale and evil there was blasphemous tumult too oaths and maudlin sobs growing imprecations the coughing and spitting of the hurt roars for whisky ribald songs and the loud vacant laughter of men gone far in drink the drunken sleepers helpless among the moving feet were mercilessly trampled in the confusion their faces were stepped on and spurned the fight had fallen to the floor red macdonald and cookie charlie from the kettle camps at each other's throats like dogs were kicked and trampled and forgotten sprawling in the thick of the struggling crowd above a man came spinning from the crowd and began to cough and to spit out his teeth another was flinging the blood from his nose and beard both laughed a gleeful bellow little tommy bag a boy of colton's crew who had been thrown against the red stove nursed a sizzling wound in a corner the pain had sobered the child he was crying bitterly and into the press went pale peter he struck with the bartender hard and promiscuously both roared of course all the time and presently as these affairs will the fighting abated halted dissolved in laughter and a drunken mutual admiration and there was a loud lining up at the bar the long sweating bloody open-mouthed hairy line staggering and pushing beat on the bar like a pack of larking schoolboys yelling for liquor in rhythm with the drumming billy the beast came in all snow and icicles it had come to swamp's end from the cant-hook cutting that he was gone mad he had been caught praying they said but he was chiefly engaged in blaspheming god from the new-made stumps of the works and was bound out to swamp's end on wednesday night with two hundred dollars in his pocket to raise hell camp three had awaited a heavenly visitation of calamity in castigation of the beast's sins it seemed now however that billy the beast must be desperately ill he licked his dry lips like the sick and his eyes all fevered and red had gone far back in his head he was ghastly to look upon gone white and lean and shaking from the noise and pawing of his welcome he seemed to be detached as he went elbowing towards the bar he was like a soul drawn unwillingly apart from the merry license of the place and standing all alone an ague shook him he stumbled his great hulk reeled he coughed and shivered with disgust this spent he went on again with a sheepish sort of grin and a sheepish wipe of his icy beard when he was got a little beyond the hanging lamp a reflector threw down a shower of yellow light his eyes uneasy and glittering seemed to be withdrawn to their deepest places they were like flashes of fire in a pool of shadows one could not forget his eyes the blood-red colour the dry sparkle the uneasy shifting of them and he was licking his lips all the time a dry tongue was forever slipping into his thawing moustache to gather moisture for dry lips billy the beast came to the bar when the press had drunk and in some part withdrawn what's yourn billy mine charlie billy drawled 
he sighed sharply and then absently wiped his mouth charlie leaned over alert and hurried billy picked an icicle from his beard i don't know as i just quite know charlie said he in a gentle contemplation of the problem he thoughtfully dropped the icicle you see he sighed i haven't made up my mind yet just quite what i will begin on by the end of this charlie was elsewhere i reckon billy drawled when charlie had bounded back for his order that it might as well not be gin he sighed again gin i reckon he repeated softly to begin on down went the white bottle on the bar well no said billy in some mild agitation of doubt no charlie a whisky he reconsidered a very small glass of whisky whisky billy well i reckon billy drawled a leetle drop of whisky the infidel reached for the bottle stand back there boys john fairmeadow shouted from the threshold he came bustling in and he was in no trance of prayer and adoration now you may believe but in palpitating indignation and with a living and belligerent intention stand back he roared stand back from the bar back to the wall boys give this man a show won't you they gave john fairmeadow himself a roaring welcome of course it was the custom but he would have none of it stand back he kept crying at the top of his big voice get back to the wall give this man a show god knows he'll need it the good-natured roistering crowd nosing a fight of some mysterious description fell away from the bar in boisterous excitement it was the custom nowadays at any rate to be obedient to john fairmeadow's whims presently there was a wide semicircle within which lay four snoring sots from the kettle camps but was no other man except one man in the focus billy the beast leaned nervously against the bar with charlie the infidel broadly expectant behind the parson a thorough showman it seemed now in a sweating flush of anxiety still beat the crowd to the wall if you can't see boys he shouted stand on the chairs everybody'll be able to see if you just keep back now for god's sake boys he concluded give us a show stay right where you are and keep quiet the parson lifted his hand silence obediently came how how, how you been parson billy the beast stuttered his voice rang conspicuous it alarmed him he fidgeted and grinned in stage fright you been uh, you been sort of perky huh the parson slapped a silver dollar on the bar what's yourn said charlie with a vastly humorous wink a general laugh was stifled charlie said the parson gravely indicating billy the beast in a contemptuous wave and with a contemptuous jerk of the head give this man a drink of whiskey the bartender expostulated that's all right charlie fairmeadow replied give this man a drink of whiskey there was a murmur of expostulation from the crowd of lumberjacks against the wall here surely was no proper employment for a minister that's all right boys fairmeadow insisted billy the beast began to stutter expostulation give this man a drink of whiskey fairmeadow roared charlie put down bottle and glass now said the parson looking directly into the red eyes of the beast drink it if you're able 
and may god almighty have mercy on your soul the room was breathless billy the beast thoughtfully poured out the red liquor you can't drink it said the desperate parson billy lifted the glass you're not able the parson taunted billy stepped away from the bar with the liquor in his hand he smelled of it smacked his lips in pretence of delight held it high and triumphantly spoke a blasphemous toast every evil syllable of which was loud as thunder in that quiet room nobody smiled he whistled a jaunty bar or two he did a step a careless little shuffle with a coquettish flirt of the foot for period but nobody laughed it was disquieting he began to sing it was a low ribaldry mixed with black profanity for which he was famous nobody encouraged him he sang a bit shuffled a bit stared about grinning and put the glass to his nose meantime he had gone pale and weak he fell back to the bar in a moment and put down the glass but held it tight all the time in his right hand once he raised it his hand halted in mid-air and he laughed vacantly and once more put down the glass it rang on the bar as if his arm had fallen liquor splashed out but billy held the glass in a close grip and he glanced then like a beaten dog towards john fairmeadow it was a terrified entreaty for mercy boys fairmeadow exclaimed triumphantly he can't drink it nor could he my god boys billy the beast whimpered breaking in upon the silence i can't lift my arm he was staring horrified at his right hand i can't lift it he moaned my god boys i can't lift my own arm there was an uproar of profane ejaculation what's the matter with me boys billy whimpered why can't i lift my own arm the room was still ain't nobody going to help me billy complained nobody moved ain't i got no friends here billy the beast lifted up his face it may be he fancied that the ceiling opened to his appealing gaze he raised his left hand beseechingly god be merciful to me a sinner he whispered he waited god be merciful to me a sinner he repeated then in pale peter's barroom a miracle was worked pale peter slipped an arm around his son donald caught his hand look look said peter the boy saw it they all saw it the change was not instantaneous there was a momentary interval through which it progressed a hand might have gone over the man from head to foot of course they saw no miraculous fingers touch him they had no vision at all nor any feeling of a strange spiritual presence but what was bestial vanished from the beast's countenance they beheld a new face they had not been more amazed to see the rags he wore lying in a heap with the shrivelled horror of his old personality on pale peter's barroom floor he remained a moment in a daze of bewilderment boys he muttered something's happened to me what's the matter he laughed then and the laugh was so charged with youth and joy so like a boy's clean glee that he laughed again as though to delight in the exercise i'm saved boy said he 
yes i am boys boys i'm saved that's what's the matter with me i've been i've been born again i'm clean this is what i've wanted to be this is what i've prayed for all this winter i'm clean i tell you i'm clean he suffered now some agitation some hysteria of joy perhaps presently his eye fell on the glass of liquor in his hand he stared at it in comical amazement which however did not move any one to laughter why he exclaimed heartily i don't want this and he pushed it away with a light laugh they observed that he had forgotten the paralysis of his arm i'm just as hungry as i can be said he i say old man to the parson what time is it fairmeadow warned him pshaw said billy boyishly wish i could have a snack i never was so hungry but come on old man he went on anxiously or we'll lose that train so long boys he called to the gaping crowd i'm sorry i can't stay but you see i'm going home good-bye boys i'll see you again soon good-bye god bless ye every one he paused on the threshold to wave his hand you see said he his face shining there's a dear little woman there and she sent for me and and i just got to go fairmeadow and the beast went out together boys said pale peter breaking the dumbfounded silence the drinks are on the house there was a rush for the bar chapter thirty the end of the game when billy the beast in the keeping of john fairmeadow vanished forever from the bar of the red elephant in this extraordinary fashion pale peter followed by donald passed astounded into the easy-chaired little office and there having drawn the red curtains comfortably disposed his well-groomed person and fell to brooding you lose pop the boy laughed pale peter looked up with a start lose donny he asked sure you lose lose what we licked you pop didn't we oh i see pale peter returned relieved yes of course you licked me didn't you he snipped the end of his cigar and absently struck a match i was thinking about something else he added i was thinking about losing something else you're pleased aren't you son ah huh? pleased aren't you and here a note of melancholy crept into pale peter's voice to lick your old dad the boy nodded delightedly is it so pleasant pale peter asked hurt to the quick by donald's elation to whip your father oh no not that not that pale peter asked with a troubled smile no pop but i'm glad that billy the beast has gone home pale peter looked away you're happy aren't you said he gently i'm glad he sighed you don't mind do you donald asked quickly you don't mind do you pop not at all you're not put out are you because i crowed not at all you couldn't be could you pop donald went on still unconvinced of his father's approbation not at all donny oh you couldn't be said donny in distress not at all donald fixed his eyes on his father in grave and troubled doubt he too sighed the victory of billy the beast after all had a bitter taste to the boy it savoured too strongly of his father's defeat not at all pale peter repeated 
it was still blowing high and at this moment a blast of the big gale brought down from the swamp's end station the whistle of the departing eastbound there he goes said donnie that's good said pale peter i'm glad of it son if you are donnie caught at one of john fairmeadow's ejaculations thank god he's gone said he i reckon pale peter gravely observed that almighty god had a good deal to do with it silence fell between the two donald restlessly felt that he had in some way incurred his father's displeasure but why why did his father's business call so implacably for the destruction of men the boy wearily dismissed this old clamouring question which had troubled him enough god knows in these last years he shook his head in dismissal of the puzzle and sighed heavily and as for pale peter pale peter was deeply disturbed pale peter was not troubled to be sure by the uproar at the bar nor did the departure of billy the beast concern him very much he was glad indeed that billy the beast had gone for a point of difference between himself and his son had gone with that erring lumberjack and pale peter was wise enough to know that a point of such sharp difference would speedily have multiplied itself what disturbed pale peter was the insistent haunting question my god what if i should lose him the question had asked itself again and again since donnie had gone to bed the night before it was forever demanding an answer of pale peter's unwilling heart what if i should lose him what if i should lose him and now while pale peter narrowly watched his son he observed much to give him grave concern the boy was flushed and restless he flung himself about in his chair wretchedly uneasy his eyes were dry and dull he laughed and sighed in the same breath and his tongue began to wag with the rapidity and incoherency of fever but the boy was only overwrought pale peter fancied the boy was only a little overwrought and would be better in the morning again what if i should lose him what if i should lose him pale peter detached from the conversation by his anxiety answered in monosyllables the boy's excited chatter watching watching all the time brooding accusing himself deliberating pale peter made up his mind to be gone with the lad from swamp's end without delay they would be gone together swamp's end would know them no more it would presently be as though swamp's end and the bar of the red elephant had never been at all and life then would surely be happier for them both but what if i should lose him donnie said pale peter abruptly would you like to go away with you pale peter's wound was eased by the eager question yes said he smiling with me of course for good pale peter was hurt again the question had come instantly for good it had come in a rush of eager hope the man frowned donald had betrayed too much you're tired of this aren't you pale peter asked he laughed a little he sighed then and sighed again awfully tired of this aren't you old man of what father oh pale peter replied wearily with a gesture to include the whole of swamp's end from the tumultuous bar to the white edge of the woods 
of all this of the whole thing you're pretty sick of it aren't you of the red elephant again pale peter was wounded the question smacked of too large an eagerness to be rid of it all yes boy he answered aren't you tired of the bar and the bottles and the bestiality of the whole bally business donald's eyes sparkled aren't you tired of it all son i am pop donald answered gravely regarding his father if you are i'm tired of it pale peter sighed you've made me tired of it he went on you see i want to be on the same side with you donnie don't you see i don't want to lose you i i don't want to lose you in any way at all i want to be with you not against you you're tired of this aren't you i can see that old man you're awfully tired of it i didn't know before how tired of it you were well so am i then let's get out of it we'll get rid of it donnie and go away we're all alone in the world son there's just you and me left since your mamma died just you and me donnie just you and me let's hang together what's the use of having differences you and i shouldn't have differences and we'll have them sure if we stay here i thought i'd stay a little longer thought i'd stay here until i made a little more thought i'd keep on donnie just as long as well boy until you pale peter's words failed he stopped the truth of it was in his mind that he had hoped to continue with the red elephant until donald had grown old enough to suspect merely to suspect the real character of the business conducted over the bar of the red elephant but it was evident now that the boy was older than pale peter had thought and the man stopped ashamed and alarmed donald said nothing of course pale peter went on pitifully the business is all right it's all right of course but you're tired of it donnie pop donald interrupted you're not fooling me pale peter started no said he no pop there was a pause i i haven't fooled you donnie you haven't fooled me pop donald went on earnestly for a long time what do you mean son you haven't fooled me about the business being all right pale peter flushed how long he asked quietly have you have you felt this way a long long time i see said pale peter his flush of shame mounting higher since jack came jack didn't tell me father i knew it before he came pale peter laughed sadly you might have told me donald said he it would have been better had you told me you see you've you've let me lie a good deal to you oh no father a good deal son a good deal for a long time pale peter sat musing in his easy chair the gale blew high it came sweeping down the street it clamoured at the black window it shook the red elephant to its foundations pale peter did not hear the man brooded upon his shame and was broken by it presently he looked up you're ashamed of me aren't you he asked with a wan smile why donald cried why should i be ashamed of you the business donnie and the lies i'm not ashamed no not ashamed 
you've not lost all respect for me no no why not donald i don't know what you mean donald sobbed but i haven't lost respect for you oh no i, I haven't you're a good son donnie said pale peter his eyes glistening you're a loyal little fellow we'll begin all over again you and me together we'll not trouble about this any more at all we'll forget we'll forget the business and and the lies the business isn't all right no no you know it donnie and so we'll quit it and go away together we'll go away from swamp's end and some day son you will respect your father i am sure once again i respect you now the boy protested sobbing i've always respected you pale peter sighed near midnight pale peter in anxious concern tiptoed into the boy's bedroom to make sure he was comfortably stowed away for the night donald was not asleep that you pop he muttered i'm glad you've come you won't go away will you i'm sick somehow i'm sick all over my head aches and i want a drink of water and i can't lie still and i'm sick pale peter bade the lad be comforted what if i should lose him the man's heart began to ache it was all too obvious that donald was gravely ill i'll sit with you son until you go to sleep said he and i'll send for jack too right away old man and we'll sit with you together jack fairmeadow and i until you go to sleep don't you be afraid old man jack fairmeadow and i will take care of you pale peter was become all at once and strangely so most tender in his ministrations and not awkwardly so he smoothed the pillows he straightened the coverlets he eased the lad's lying and softened a cooler place for his head he ran on with his talk in a crooning comforting way as though he had been used to it all his life that's all right said he we'll fix you we'll have the doctor here in the morning to attend to you and we'll go away too old man we'll get out of here just as soon as you're well you'll be all right boy easier now aren't you lie still kid can't you won't you just lie still old fellow i-i can't pop can't lie still no pop i-i can't lie still I, I would if i could but but i'm so sick that i just can't what time is it pop near time to get up not yet old man hang it i want to get up lie still boy i can't i can't lie still pale peter did the work all over again he straightened the coverlets he smoothed the pillows he eased the lad's lying and made a cool smooth place for his head there said he that's better old fellow would you mind old man if i went away just for a minute oh don't go away pop donnie pleaded just for a minute i don't want to be left alone just for a minute boy what's that noise pop just the gale old fellow it's blowing high to-night you're not fooling me pop pale peter paused in trouble they're fighting in the bar donnie sighed son said pale peter moving towards the door i'll be back in a moment don't go just a moment donnie oh please don't go i want to close the bar donnie peter pleaded i've got to close the bar donnie sat bolt upright in bed 
i'll lie still he promised i'll lie still until you come back it did not take long to close the bar a sharp word to charlie the infidel put an end to the thriving trade and a word or two to the big-hearted lumberjacks sent them tiptoeing out of the red elephant and across the street to continue the conviviality at the cafe of egyptian delights half a dozen or more remained to help charlie and denny the hump carry off to the same shelter all the stupefied fellows on the floor and in the snake-room the red elephant was presently deserted and for the first time in its history in the meantime pale peter had summoned john fairmeadow and by telephone spoken hurriedly with dr ralston of big rapids donnie was sick some sort of a fever apparently was the matter with him had he been at big rapids recently yes pale peter had taken him to the saloon keeper's convention at big rapids but why the question typhoid was epidemic at big rapids and typhoid was doubtless the matter with donnie dr ralston would be over on the morning train no no dr ralston must come at once the slow freight had just gone by swamp's end he must halt the slow freight he must make immediate arrangements by telegraph for the engine there must be no regard for expense never mind expense dr ralston must come at once and dr ralston must bring two nurses from the sisters hospital and dr ralston must wire appleworthy of the capital to meet him at swamp's end for consultation and dr ralston must arrange the immediate departure for swamp's end of the most eminent chicago specialist in children's diseases pale peter would hold dr ralston to account there must be no failure and there must be no delay whereupon pale peter went quickly to the bar put out the lights said he out went the lights it's over said peter it's all over lock the door where's the key the bolt was shot with a snap that's the end said pale peter upstairs donnie was still restless i can't lie still he complained when his father entered i tried but i can't the bar's closed boy is it locked pop for good donnie where's the key pale peter gave the key to the boy and donnie slipped it under his pillow he seemed then to lie easier for a time but when fairmeadow presently arrived he was again restlessly stirring i can't lie still jack he explained with a wry smile going to be sick donnie oh no said donnie quickly i'm not the least bit sick but i somehow can't lie still fairmeadow felt the fever in the boy's forehead hang it all donnie exclaimed i wish i could keep my legs still this was addressed to fairmeadow but presently after that donnie seemed no longer to realize the presence of his father and the minister in the room he talked with shadows babbled to the past and the future in his growing delirium he spoke often of going away from swamp's end we're going away he said i tell you we're going to stop this we're not going to do this any longer we're sick and tired of it i tell you and we're going to quit there was much of this it ran on through the night and the boy often ran a hand weakly under his pillow to touch the key i got it said he the bar's locked and i got the key it seemed to fairmeadow who sat listening with pale peter in the dim-lit room that the boy fancied himself in the midst of an accusing throng 
i tell you donny protested we're not going to do it any longer we're going to quit we're going away don't you believe me i tell you we're not going to do this any longer john pale peter whispered fairmeadow started what does he mean said pale peter why does he always say we fairmeadow shook his head i don't like it pale peter went on i can't stand it he hadn't anything to do with the business it hasn't been his fault he's innocent enough do you think he feels that he was in it too it is the way of a boy fairmeadow answered do you think jack peter stammered that he feels the guilt of it fairmeadow shrugged his shoulders good god exclaimed pale peter starting up all these years all these years fairmeadow echoed tell me jack is it true fairmeadow would not answer it's true pale peter groaned it's true it's true poor little kid donny started up in bed he seemed once more fairmeadow fancied to be facing an accusing throng my pop's a good man he declared i tell you i'm proud of my pop nothing availed the end came soon neither dr ralston of big rapids nor the great appleworthy and the eminent chicago specialist could alter the natural decree no expense was spared you may be sure but pale peter's money amassed for him by the labor of a thousand men in the woods betrayed its accustomed powerlessness within the week gray billy batch and mag's little baby had other company in the secluded field at the edge of the woods the lord gave and the lord hath taken away read john fairmeadow blessed be the name of the lord and i heard a voice from heaven saying unto me write from henceforth blessed are the dead who die in the lord even so saith the spirit for they rest from their labours what comfort pale peter drew from these consoling words i do not know not much i fancy he said nothing he gave no sign what he suffered on that wintry day he kept to himself he uttered no word of sorrow he asked for no relief but when he and john fairmeadow came once more to the red elephant he drew the big minister in it was cold in the little office there was no fire in the deserted bar it was dim too the curtains were drawn for a long time the two men sat silent together pale peter smoked heavily except for this he did not move no sound came from the shuttered bar no clink of glass no rattle of coin no convivial voice it was very still and desolate in the little office it was lonely there had come an end it was lonely here it was lonely everywhere jack said pale peter looking up yes peter do you want this place yes you may have it thank you peter thank you old man i'll be glad to have the place don't thank me jack thank him i thank him pale peter gripped the arms of his chair fairmeadow looked away pale peter was composed when the minister's wet glance returned jack said he what you going to do with it it shall be the donald memorial institute yes said peter that's right jack i thought of 
pleasing him that way you'll need an endowment too jack you shall have it i've made money jack you shall have it all and jack yes i'm going to ask you a foolish question jack do you think that this will square him where he's gone no no i don't mean that but won't it ease him jack for god's sake tell me won't it ease that sense of guilt he had poor little kid poor little kid pale peter had broken down End of chapter 30